2: The Tangents team is taking our annual winter break to catch up on some much needed rest. So this week we have a rerun for you and we're taking you all the way back to season one for a classic episode about the science of sleep. Now curl up under a big blanket and get nice and cozy as we all go off into slumberland. See you next week.
1: Welcome to SciShow Tangents, the lightly competitive knowledge showcase starring some of the geniuses that make the YouTube series SciShow happen this week. As always, I'm joined by Stefan Chin. Hello. Are you still looking at metal bands what? on your computer there? Or are you done no, with that? No, I'm done. I closed all the tabs. Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate your input, though. I needed some expertise. Mm-hmm. Stefan knows a lot I about metal bands. a lot of metal
3: band names. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Stefan, what's your tagline?
3: Brutal. <laughs> nice. <Yeah. laughs>
2: Sam Schultz is also here. Hello. Nice plaid shirt. It's the Ooh. only I have only a few shirts. This is one of them. <laughs> so, How many shirts do you have? Uh like five. Maybe? you have five? Five. five shirts?
1: How many shirts do you have? Oh, I'd say maybe twenty or thirty. Okay. What's your tag on? Uh, fatality. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Sari Riley is also here. Hello. Good green sweater.
0: Thank you. Yeah, yeah. this is also in I mean, the realm green of... green sweaters you have? <laughs> I actually have two green sweaters. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because they're both comfy. Yeah. yeah. It's like a blanket on my body. Do you two the same mm-hmm. one? No, uh, not the same one. Uh, I have like a bigger one and a slightly smaller one. <laughs> Sari, what's your tagline? <laughs>
3: Help! <laughs> That's my metal voice. Yeah. Great.
0: That was. Uh, I'm not
1: gonna. I'm not gonna give you another chance. That's the one we're sticking with. Because um, I'm in charge, and I'm Hank Green, and my tagline today is Bougainvillea. Ooh, was what is very that? Metal word. That was pretty it's metal. A oh. oh.
3: Well, it sounded None of you metal. know
1: what a bougainvillea is? No, no. it sounded vague. I'm the only person in the room yeah. that knows about bougainvillea. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. every week here on SciShow Tangents, we all get together to try to one-up in an a maze and to delight each other with science facts. We're playing for glory, but we're also keeping score and awarding Hank Bucks. We do everything we can to stay on topic, but judging from our previous conversations, uh, we won't be great at that. So, if the rest of the team deems a tangent unworthy, we will force you to give up one of your Hank Bucks. Now, as always, we introduce this week's topic with the traditional science poem. This from me I like to sleep so much it's really nice it's warm inside my bed and I get real mad when I'm awake (laughs) inside (laughs) Do do. <laughs> but I think it's kind of weird, actually That I spend so much time asleep A whole unconscious life inside my head Ah oh, no, no, no I'm a sleepy man Oh, sleepy man I'm purging toxins from my brain Sleepy man If I don't do it, I will go insane Yeah, I think it's kind of weird actually. Yes, it's pretty freaking weird
3: actually. <laughs> oh yeah. <The> heck? <laughs> At first I was like, you're just filling up all this time with music so you don't have to have as many lines. <laughs> but then it picked up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, my thought was no one's ever going to be able to do a poem that good. Oh. It's like a two Hank Buck kind of poem. I have and all of our wait,
3: poems oh, Whoa, are whoa, whoa don't No, 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 hey,
2: now, whoa. hey, all right.
1: I C- feel series, like there's a proposal eh. on the table. One like for it.
2: you, one
3: for the guitar. I think it makes sense. Yeah,
0: there
1: are two voices.
3: This opens the door, though. I've been thinking about a rap poem. No, I'm going to bring my boombox. Okay. <laughs> I'm in. So
0: the topic for the day is sleep. That was so good.
1: Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So sleep, Sari, what is it? And What is it? Just what is it?
0: It's very hard to define. Even sleep scientists have a lot of trouble defining it. Uh, I found four bullet points on a mm-hmm. medical Harvard website that says sleep is a period of reduced activity. Sleep is associated with a typical posture, such as lying down with eyes closed <laughs> in humans. Sleep results in a decreased responsiveness to external stimuli, okay. but yeah. there's still brain activity. And sleep is a state that is relatively easy to reverse, which Mm -hmm. distinguishes it from hibernation or coma or things like that. Other than that, eh, what is sleep?
1: (laughs) These are the characteristics of it. Yeah. But as far as like what's actually happening in your brain, we're not including that in the definition.
0: Yeah, Yeah. because we have no idea. Uh, I found a very good quote from a sleep scientist, William DeMent, who co-discovered REM sleep. And mm. had spent more than 50... He spent his whole life studying sleep. He said, as far as I know, the only reason we need to sleep that is really, really solid is because we get sleepy. <laughs>
1: so. <laughs> <laughs> so am I purging toxins from
0: my brain? Maybe, yeah.
1: yeah Probably. Maybe yeah. maybe, yeah. Don't look That's at me. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Yeah,
0: maybe purging toxins, maybe consolidating memory, maybe, I don't know, all kinds of things. Like giving your brain a time to reset in some way yeah. because it's not inactive. And during... right. certain kinds i think rem sleep it's like even more active than you're awake Mm -hmm. in some cases oh yeah
1: and now it's time for one of our panelists has prepared three science facts for our education and enjoyment but only one of those facts is real the rest of us have to guess or determine through the fact that we already know things which is the true Mm. fact if we do we get a hank buck if we get tricked
2: Then the presenter gets the Hank Buck. And this week, it's Sam. All right. Let me sleep on it is a common idiom, basically meaning that you'll think about something overnight and have an answer the next day. But could sleep actually help you solve problems? Mm. Science says maybe. A 2018 study from Cardiff University proposes a theory that non-REM and REM sleep might work together to reorganize your thoughts and memories and allow you to wake up with a new perspective on things. Non-REM sleep, they say, strengthens memories and extracts patterns from context. And REM sleep creates new, seemingly random connections in your brain and that these two things together might be the thing that makes you wake up and be like, I got it because you're mm. just thinking about stuff in a new way. But this research might be new, but many scientific breakthroughs have been attributed to particularly revelatory dreams. Mm-hmm. So which one of these was allegedly discovered in a dream? Good. I'm glad that that first thing mm-hmm. wasn't a fact because I was like, mm-hmm. that too seems long. very true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Also too long. So number one, Dmitry Mendeleev saw the periodic table assemble itself before his very eyes in a dream. Oh. He then woke up and wrote it down and found it to be pretty much basically correct. Number two, Thomas Edison had a dream where he was fishing in a stream with a bamboo pole and then woke up and decided to try bamboo as the filament for his new light bulb, which ended up being able to burn long enough to make his light bulb commercially sustainable. Or number three, Dr. James Watson had a dream where he was pulled in half by two horses and then woke up and had the idea for the double helix in his head.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'd, I'd have heard that. He talks so much. Was, <laughs> having, was, was bamboo the filament it, I think that, that there may have been a one? time when bamboo was the filament before tungsten
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the early filament
1: and it's in, a, it's in a vacuum so it doesn't burn it just like glows oh. mm-hmm. and so uh, so I could see me not knowing about any of these I could see but like I feel like I'd know about the James Watson thing but here I am getting myself in trouble But I feel like Thomas Edison would totally tell that story, just because, like, that's what he does, Mm -hmm. tells stories. Mm -hmm. So we've got Dmitry Mendeleev uh, dreaming of the periodic table. Uh, We've got Thomas Edison, bamboo filaments after a fishing dream. And uh, we've got number three, Dr. James Watson, getting torn in half by horses. In an unpleasant dream, but realizing I am DNA or something.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That to me the connection there is very strange. Yeah, which makes me think it's true.
1: Because mm, maybe
3: the other ones are too neat. Yeah, too neatly.
1: Connected. Well, yeah, Mendeleev's is is just like I thought of it. Yeah, but that makes me think that makes me think that might be the real one.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know. That one seems the most plausible, but that also seems like the easiest one that Sam would make up. Of like, of course, blocks coming together as a periodic table.
2: Right. Seems rude somehow.
0: Well, I wasn't trying to dunk on you.
1: <laughs> yeah, wouldn't be the first time you dunked on somebody today.
0: I know. Yeah. I'm just snarky for some reason.
1: I guess, so the thing about that one is that, like, Mendeleev knew a lot about chemical elements, and he was thinking ab- about, yeah. like, periodicity and was like, prob- like that would, could be something that would actually happen in a sleeping brain. Like, oh! When you wake up and you're like... I don't even want to pee first. got to write this down. Mm
2: -hmm. All right. Well, shit. Stefan, pick.
3: Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the double helix DNA dream.
0: Oh, I'm going to go with Mendeleev. I'm going
2: to go with Mendeleev. Okay. The correct answer is Mendeleev. So he was already studying this stuff, like, all the time. Yeah. And he was writing a textbook... And thinking about it extra hard, I guess. And then he went to bed and he said he saw the whole thing just come together. And it was just a first draft. There was things wrong with it otherwise. But like as far as it went, he said that his first draft basically came out of his head to the paper. Basically, huh. yeah,
1: perfect. And there were a lot of like things we didn't know, like, he didn't like he wasn't able to put the whole table together because there were elements we hadn't discovered,
2: right? Yet. But he knew that those elements, some of them at least, would have existed. Yeah,
1: that's the coolest thing about yeah. the table. He's like, there's something missing here, yeah. go find it.
2: Okay, so but also, I have a confession to make that I realized as I was reading them, Stefan gets a point too because <laughs> my question turned out to be not correct to what the uh, what all the choices were what? so he actually did james watson did discover the double helix in a dream i miswrote the question oh. uh he discovered it in a dream but it was a dream about walking up uh a staircase with another staircase intertwining it. In. Also, yeah, a lot of people don't. That's uh, I call uh, yeah.
1: bullshit so hard on that, James <laughs> also, Watson. Also, a lot of people
2: don't believe that. That
1: is horseshit. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is textbook James Watson horseshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: and Thomas well, Edison, so you get a point too. Yeah, thank sorry. you very much. I was misleading. So then uh, Thomas Edison didn't have a dream, but he actually just went fishing with a bamboo pole and was like, ah,
3: I'll use this. Oh, it was that's that. amazing. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was in real life. Yeah. yeah, I would have been very surprised because that's the kind of lie that like if I came up with that and I was like, I'm creating this lie. The horse got split in half and he came up with DNA. That's like, be like, yeah. no, no one's going to believe that. Dream
2: so board, if that man. had been a
3: lie, you would have like outthought me mm. and I would have been sad about my own existence.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh But one more thing I thought was cool that somebody said that they thought about a dream. I don't really believe any of these that much, but. Uh, t- Albert Einstein said that he thought of relativity because he had a dream where he was watching cows jump over a fence, oh. and a farmer was on the other side. And after the cows jumped over the fence, he went to talk to the farmer, and the farmer and he said all the cows jumped over the fence at the same time. And the farmer said, "Ah, I saw all the cows jump over the fence one by one." And then he woke up and he had relativity in his brain. Also, sounds I'm fake though. So. I
1: inspired. By it. <laughs> yeah,
2: mm-hmm. I could see that. I
1: get, like, you know, you're playing around with ideas and you're like, oh, what if? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I'm not, like, I'm much more uh, sympathetic to believing Einstein's bullshit than James <laughs> Next up, The Fact Off. But first, a word from our sponsor. SciShow Tangents is brought to you by Rocket Money. If I asked you how many subscription services you had,
0: Cancel unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash tangents. That's rocketmoney.com slash tangents. Rocketmoney.com slash T-A-N-G-E-N-T-S.
1: SciShow Tangents is brought to you by Factor, whose ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning. Stress is stressful. (laughs) I don't like it. (laughs) Life just goes and goes, and it doesn't ever stop going. There's always something else to do, and one of those things, is a very important thing called eating dinner. To eat dinner, one must pick out what they want to eat and then go to the grocery store and then (sighs) buy this stuff and then chop the stuff and do other things to this stuff. You have to heat this stuff and put it in water. And then afterwards, you have to, Welcome back. The well, Hank book totals are Sam. You have nothing because you gave away one of your points. That's fine. You also, I'm fine with that. Gave me an extra one along with Sarah. Yeah, I feel like you're just you're I'm, spreading the love around. Uh, it's
2: lonely at the top. I need somebody
1: to catch up to me. <laughs> uh, Stefan, you got one point. Sarah, you got one point. I'm at mm-hmm. three. Oh, God. That's
0: a lot. Yeah, <laughs> well, it you guitar. gave me two. Yeah. Oh, no. It was a good, yeah, I, was I a good poem. I defend that choice, man, even man. though it sets me farther behind. I guess the, I do, The too. biggest
1: problem is that I'm never not bringing the guitar to a oh, Science fact no. poem oh, ever again. Now, get ready for the Fact Off. Two of our panelists bring science facts to present to the others in an attempt to blow their minds. We, each, me and Sam, have a Hank Buck to award the fact that we like the most. And we're going to choose who goes first by the person who dreamed most recently, by which I mean the person who woke up last. Ooh.
0: Oh, uh, I set my alarm for 6.50 because I had to wake up and start editing the script.
3: (laughs) Dedication. Uh, I got up at 8.26. Nice.
1: (laughs) All right. So, so Stefan dreamed most recently and we'll go first. Mm.
3: Still tired, though. (laughs) (laughs) So, you've got a little part in your brain called the basal ganglia. Of course I do is, How yeah, we not? assume. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, no, of course. But that's associated with a variety of things like controlling voluntary movements and, um, and like selecting an action out of multiple possible actions to take. Mm. But damage to both sides of the basal ganglia can cause a thing called auto-activation deficit, which is like intense apathy and an absence of self-initiated behavior. Mm-hmm. So like you don't have thoughts yourself, but if, if I, like, asked you a question or asked you to, like, go do something, like, you're perfectly functional and able to do that. They described it as, like, total mental blank. No thoughts except when an external stimulus or interrogator provokes. Ooh,
1: hmm. that sounds very
3: it's bad. Sound, yeah, it does not sound pleasant. But it, And it mostly just happens when there's, like, brain damage in some way, like uh, lack of oxygen or blood flow mm-hmm. or from surgery um, causing damage to that area. But... So the people who have this are sort of failing to be able to trigger thoughts and actions when it's internally motivated. And because everything that's happening during sleep is internal, these researchers wanted to see if people with that syndrome still experienced dreams. Mm. Um, So they had 13 patients who have the syndrome and 13 who didn't. And they observed them over a couple nights to see what was going on. So they monitored them over two nights, like videotaping, EEG, they like put... Belts around them to measure their, like, breathing, nasal pressure, had microphones, like, all kinds of stuff. And then on the second night, they woke them up during non-REM sleep and during REM sleep. And then, like, I think they also had them keep, like, a dream journal outside of those two nights to, Mm -hmm. like, get sort of a baseline or something. But so it turned out that 12 out of the 13 people without the condition had mental activity when they were awakened from REM sleep. But only four out of the 13 did who have mm. the, the brain damage. So, they, so some of them still had dreams, but the ones who did, they were shorter and less bizarre. Hmm, huh. They had, like, a team of people, like, independently, blindly, like, assessing right. the dream journals. <laughs> the <What>, bizarreness. <laughs> yeah, the bizarreness <laughs> of the dreams. And that there's not, like, as much emotional or, like, narrative content to it. Mm-hmm. This result seems to support... I guess there's like multiple ideas, as we've talked about, like we have, or we know very little about sleep and dreams and things like that, um, and brains. There's a couple ideas about how dreams form or like mm-hmm. where they start. It was described as sort of bottom up or top down. Um, and so like when we're imagining things, when we're awake, that's top down where you have like thoughts that are in your higher level thinking areas. And then those stimulate feelings in the more like primitive or brainstemmy regions, mm-hmm. um, I say primitive with quotes. Yeah. And that sort of like goes with like f- how Freud would view dreams, uh, like sort of revealing your higher thoughts or your subconscious thoughts mm-hmm. um, in the dream. But the, but this, these results would suggest that it's more a bottom up That like there are areas in the brainstem that are initiating REM sleep and those may also be creating these like sensory perceptions and then your higher level brain is sort of interpreting that and creating narratives around it. So even with this brain damage, they can still have dreams, but because they don't have the higher level or access to the higher level thinking, they can't have like the full dreaming experience, I guess. That's fascinating to use, you know, using damage Mm -hmm.
1: that has already happened to patients to be like, well, we can... Discover a little bit about this tremendous mystery.
0: Yeah, because like a lot of the ways that we understand how things work in our body is by looking at what happens when they break. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, and so
0: with and with the brain, it's very difficult to do that because everything is so vital. But when it's something small like this, how does one small change in biology Mm -hmm. affect how you process whole Mm -hmm. things and and dream and total
1: mental blank?
3: Yeah,
1: Um, yeah, but cool that we get an insight into some of how dreaming is working because like that's exactly when we say like this it's a mystery but like knowing some level of like where like how we we are doing this interpretation and that we are being sort of fed signals Mm -hmm. to create a narrative around Mm -hmm. i feel like that's only in the last like 30 years that we've kind of gotten our head around that and now it seems pretty understood Mm -hmm. that this is this is what dreams are made of
3: some people, I, <laughs> oh that <God. laughs> some people think that there's no reason that we dream that it's just like biochemical side effect of mm-hmm. like what happens in our brains when we're sleeping, and that I hate. I hate that. That seems thought.
2: completely
0: possible.
3: To it me. seems that possible. Seems very
0: yeah. yeah. That's but how everything else in your body works. Like chance.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. It, I feel okay about that with food where it's just like this is a biochemical side effect of needing to be alive. Like yeah, I have to take energy into me and like having a dream is just a biological side effect of,
3: yeah, but of when, like,
1: the things that my brain is doing to do its work.
3: When it's a process that's happening in the, the seat of consciousness, yeah. it feels like it should at least be influenced by that. Yeah, get used to it, buddy. like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, Sari, you dreamed least <laughs> recently. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so long ago.
0: <laughs> um, okay, so narcolepsy is a really unique and intense sleep disorder you haven't heard of it before, the main symptoms are too much sleepiness and something called cataplexy, which is like muscle weakness that gets triggered when you experience intense excitement or other strong emotions Mm. like fear or laughter or anything that's intense. Um, And so narcolepsy was first described in medical literature in Germany and France around the 1870s and 1880s, but the definition was really hand wavy and incomplete. Mm. As far as I can tell, Part of the problem was not having like a group of people to study. It was just like, there's this person who falls asleep. Uh, What do we do with that? (laughs) And there wasn't a good enough understanding of the nervous system and daytime sleepiness and stuff. So it wasn't pinpointed to a particular phenomenon. And the research was sort of frozen for a century until the 1970s when Dr. William Dement and Dr. Christian Guilamino were studying sleep And specifically narcolepsy at Stanford. And they started working with an animal model to do this. And when I think of animal models, like my brain jumps to mice or rats Mm -hmm. or killifish or maybe like monkeys if you're trying Mm -hmm. to approach something human. But the key to understanding narcolepsy is having an animal that demonstrates clear emotions because those are what trigger cataplexy.
3: What animal demonstrates emotions? Do you want to guess? Dolphins? No. Dogs. dogs.
0: Yeah. Oh.
2: <laughs>
0: so that's how the Stanford Canine Narcolepsy Colony was born. Oh no! So, uh, oh. The Stanford Sleepy Dogs.
2: Yeah, the Sleepy Dogs.
0: Uh, so basically, Dement was going around and like trying to find people with narcolepsy, and someone, as as far as I can tell, the story was like someone said that their poodle had narcolepsy. Hey, I got He's a sleepy like, dog. Yeah, I got a sleepy dog. Wanna look at this sleepy dog? Um, and then I, cl- I clap my hands at its face and it falls over. <laughs> or like when they get excited, like it's time to f- for food. And they get really excited and they start wagging their tails and they just like, They get excited
2: all the time. I know. It's so sad.
0: Um, and so like that happened. And then soon after, they found some Dobermans that were narcoleptic. Mm. And huh. when they bred these Dobermans together... I don't think it was Doberman plus Poodle, but they noticed that narcolepsy was hereditary. It was autosomal recessive, so both parents had to be narcoleptic for the puppies to be narcoleptic. Mm. But from breeding them uh, from around 1976 to 1995, nearly 500 narcoleptic dogs that were mostly Dobermans were raised to study narcolepsy. And it's just like very cool that they had all these dogs to do this with. And to give sort of a highlight reel... Um, This is when Dr. Emmanuel Mignot came into the picture, and through lots of studies on these dogs, the team found the key hormone involved in narcolepsy called orexin or hypocretin, plus genes in dogs and then genes in humans that are linked to the disorder. Mm. At this point, we've learned even more, like how narcolepsy is probably an autoimmune disorder in humans. So there's a region of the brain that produces compounds like orexin and your body's attacking that region of the brain. So you're not producing enough to be mm-hmm. able to stay wakeful enough. Um, mm-hmm. So like all very complicated, all very interesting, but to return to the dogs, it's a happy story, which I also really liked, which you don't always hear in animal no, testing. never! Uh, <laughs> these researchers like loved the dogs and they took really good care of them and they were just like observing them, but they all had names. They were all treated really well. And after the experiments, they were all, pretty much adopted, as far as oh. I can tell. Oh. And Dr. Minot is still involved in narcolepsy research and treatment today with a narcoleptic chihuahua named Watson Aww. by his side. <laughs> uh, and he uh, he has all these really nice quotes about like learning from having adopted several narcoleptic dogs over the course of his research, how to empathize better with patients, because he can see how his dog gets really excited to play or really excited to have food, and then all of a sudden has a a cataplexy episode Mm. and it interrupts their life and so it's given him a lot of insight into how to help patients especially kids with narcolepsy Mm. who just don't know how to handle it when you're
1: seeing the the kid you can be like look i know what you're going through my chihuahua's got narcolepsy (laughs) 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 that's it
3: I stand by my guess. I think dolphins have emotions. Dolphins plastic. can't tell what they're
1: thinking ever. <laughs> they, they smile. They're always they smiling. Always <laughs> <smile>. <laughs> That's the thing about dolphins. Yeah, they they're look always happy, happy. even when they're not happy. <laughs> yes, always happy dolphins.
2: Mm-hmm. It's a band. Uh, always happy Dol- yeah, always happy dolphins. Yeah. I love them, yeah. No, I hate you guys.
0: <laughs> if you yeah. just said, like, Always Dolphins, that would sound like more like a band name for some right, reason. Yeah, Ooh. Always Dolphins. It's, Imagine it's like
1: Dragons. Imagine Dragons. Oh, yeah, sure. that's
0: our Imagine
2: Dragons cover band, Always Dolphins. Oh. Always <laughs> Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know any Imagine Dragons songs I mean I know I oh, that's yeah. an Imagine Dragons I think song? so I must just not know that it's Imagine yeah. Dragons because before music starts it doesn't say we're Imagine Dragons but it should <laughs>
1: <It's>, <laughs> yeah. I mean a lot of like
2: at the end it hip, does hip hop often they that's do that true. Jason Derulo he puts it in all of Jason his songs.
1: Derulo yeah, I love that <laughs> <laughs> anyway that's not going
2: in the, oh shoot it's not going in the episode <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, because that's a Jason Derulo tangent,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. Can, uh, Sam. Just, uh, <laughs> okay, I accept my fate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, we have Stefan with auto-activation deficit uh, sufferers being used to understand dreams better. And from Sari, narcolepsy research being done with sleepy dogs at Stanford. Oh. Gosh. Happy sleepy dog story. Happy sleepy mm-hmm. dogs, yeah. Um,
2: you had to find a happy animal. That's I don't know. I'm, I'm going with Stefan. I'm I sorry. think I might too. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> he, said, he said, in the seat of consciousness. That blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes.
1: yes. The iron throne of consciousness. I'm yeah. going to say that every time.
0: Uh, <laughs> I mean, you can think about dogs where dogs sit in your consciousness and in your heart.
2: Terry, it's too late. I already I know. And now it's time for
1: Ask the Science Couch. We had so many this week. People are very curious about sleep, uh, where we ask listener questions to our couch of finely honed scientific minds. This week's gonna
3: be read by Stefan. At L. Hodenfield and at Cinnamon Pizza 8 mm. ask: Are there genetic factors that cause people to sleep better than others?
1: Are there genetic factors that cause people to want cinnamon pizza right now?
2: Yeah, I think that would be good. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, it's whatever makes you want sugar.
3: Because I have that one. I don't know about cinnamon pizza. (laughs) It would be the crust, maybe,
2: would be cinnamon. Yeah.
3: Okay. Recently on the SciShow YouTube channel, we talked about uh, night owls versus uh, morning larks, Mm. uh, morning people, and chronotypes, and like how that affects. uh, And that's like a genetic thing that affects when you like to sleep, but because. Society is set up for morning people mm-hmm. more so than for night owls. Night owls tend to have worse sleep. Yeah. So I guess that's kind,
1: kind of a genetic
3: yeah. thing that leads to that, but it's well, also I societal. There's also,
1: I also there's also like insomnia probably also. Mm-hmm. Ha, like I oh, would not be yeah. surprised that if, if insomnia had genetic factors, but I don't know that for sure. But I'm saying... Ninety percent, I bet. Yeah. I'd go I'd 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 do a, I'd do a double down on that. Could I bet some, <laughs> can some you bet some? Bucks? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, the science catch is now gambling. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to look up specific genetic mutations that cause sure. these things because like we mentioned maybe in the definition section that like there's so many things that influence sleep. So regarding like chronotypes and things like that, there are things there's advanced sleep phase syndrome. Which are morning larks? Mm-hmm. I guess people who go to bed very early and then wake up early. And then there's delayed sleep phase syndrome, which is That's late bedtime, late mm-hmm. wake time.
2: So do you? Some people don't have one or the other, though. Do they? Right? Most yeah. People are in the middle. Of the okay. Bell curve. Most okay.
0: people are in the middle, but then they're skewed to either okay. side. Um, and I think with the. DSPS, so the late the late night owls. There's a mutation in a gene called Cry1, which yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. how I feel maybe sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it encodes a protein that is involved in circadian rhythm proteins, like clock, uh, which is a very good name. Uh, that's good that's a name, a name, of a name of a protein, protein clock? clock. Yeah, or is a gene. Uh, it's all caps. Is that a gene.
2: <laughs> Probably approaching.
0: I just googled clock, which is not
2: helpful. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Usually. What does clock do? Uh,
0: I think it just is part of like the circadian pacemaker mm-hmm. type stuff. So like your cells have internal clocks and and things that are keeping time, and so it is involved in regulating that. Hmm.
1: Um, right. There's a clock inside of you, many of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
0: cry one normally suppresses circadian rhythm stuff Mm. uh and so the mutation causes it to suppress clock and other related Mm. proteins even more which means that they let that led to later bedtime so probably like you're more shifted from like matching your bodily cycle to the sun um, Mm, and and like a more average daytime cycle and Mm -hmm. you're pushed later so What I found was interesting is there are studies about naturally short sleepers that Mm. has to do with orexin, which is the hormone I mentioned earlier that has to do uh, is involved in narcolepsy. But like orexin is linked to wakefulness. So it's something that your body produces to help you stay awake.
3: Can I
1: take a pill of it?
0: (laughs) What I've read about narcolepsy is that we don't have a like a chemical Mm -hmm. or a prescription that someone can take to help with narcolepsy. Mm. So we haven't found a way to bottle oh. up orexin in a in a way that your body can biologically process or in a meaningful mm. amount. Um, so no. But there is a gene called DEC2. So DEC2 is a repressor for orexin expression normally. So like it helps you fall asleep. And so when it's broken, it results in increased expression. And so mm. you're awake more. And so people who sleep like four hours a night and are wake up perfectly fine, a lot of them have been found with this particular gene mutation that has made it like their bodies are mm. just naturally more wakeful and they feel rested after that period of time, which is also part of the mystery of sleep because they mm. can sleep
1: if, for fewer if hours. someone can do it, why can't everyone do <laughs> right. it? Yeah. Seems like this would
2: confer an advantage. Mm-hmm. And they do not eventually have necessarily like drawbacks from not sleeping no okay
0: so like there's an interview with one person yeah who just like i wake up at 4 a.m. and i go for i like use that time to read or go for a run and then i like love to start my day before everyone else and they're completely rested
1: that'd be great nice Mm -hmm. yeah if you want to ask the science couch your questions you can follow us on twitter at SciShowTangents, where we will tweet about topics for upcoming episodes every week thank you to at Katie doesn't FTBA at Color Me Trash 2 and at Bloody Lemonade and everybody else who tweeted us your questions. We got like 124. Thank you. Yes, it was great. Final Hank Buck scores. Sarah, you have one. Sam, you have a negative one. Perfect. Stefan came back <sighs> with three tying me up for Ooh, the lead. I'm on top of the world. If you like this show and you want to help us out, that's really easy to do. You can leave us a review wherever you listen. That helps us know what you like about the show, and other people get to see that too. Second, you can Tweet about your favorite moment from this episode And finally, if you want to show your love for tangents Just tell people about us Thank you for joining us, I have been Hank Green
0: I have been Sari Riley
1: I have been Stefan Chin And I have been Sam Schultz SciShow Tangents is a co-production of Complexly and WNYC Studios It's created by all of us and produced by Sam Schultz and Caitlin Hoffmeister Our sound design is by Joseph Tuna Medish Our social media organizer is Victoria Bongiorno And we couldn't make any of this stuff without our patrons on Patreon Thank you, and remember, the mind is not a vessel to be filled but a fire to be lighted.
0: But one more thing. There's a condition called sleeping butt syndrome or dormant butt syndrome that. that is usually caused by I get that. sitting too much, <laughs> sleeping curled up like a baby, or exercising wrong. It's where your butt muscles are too weak, so your other muscles overexert. Oh, I definitely mm.
3: don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> strong butt stuff. I th- I just think my butt muscles are so strong that they just squeeze all the veins and then there's no circulation and it falls asleep. Wow, your butt muscles are squeezing their their food out. Interesting.
2: Maybe your whole body is just controlled by your butt. It's (gasps) like forcing your other muscles to do stuff like the opposite of that. That's what I call a basal ganglia. (laughs) (laughs) Butt brain. brain. Yeah, you're a butt brain.